is going to go down. So uh, I also, A, didn't plan an intro, two, don't have intro music, so I don't really have anything. So I'm just kind of making it up as I go along right now. <laughs> Super last minute. <laughs> this is like if somebody made a pilot. You're right. The pilot is, ne is never clean. It's never 100%. It's let's see how this works. If it goes well, we stick with it. If it doesn't, we change whatever needs fixing. Right. So we, this may be completely different week to week. We may decide to do like a game show format next week, depending on what works. <laughs> I'm honestly not 100% sure, but I guess we're going to take a, a stab at it. Uh, so I guess I don't really have like an intro thing planned. So I can just I can just say hi. <laughs> my name is Eric. With me is my co-host Tom, and this is podcast number two that Tom and I are trying to start. Podcast number two, uh, affectionately called Sidequesting, the Sidequesting podcast. Uh, I went through a lot of different names trying to find one that wasn't taken, and this one didn't appear to be taken. But then mm -hmm. I was sitting in the doctor's office today making the email and the Twitter and all the stuff for it, and sure enough, there's like four Sidequesting podcasts. So uh, we will figure it out. I think uh, name might change week to week, depending on le mm -hmm. what the status of like legal challenges, lawsuits, <laughs> uh, anything else that we get sued by. I mean, we, I, we officially will name this the uh, the the ditto uh, podcast because we will be changing it based on whatever the hell we talk about. <laughs> I honestly think that's a great idea. Uh, so uh, basically what we wanted to do is. Uh, Tom and I had launched a podcast like a year or two ago now. Is it about a year mm -hmm. or two ago now? I don't know, man. This year, um, this year 2020 say, yeah, has been like years. the year to end all years. Or like, you know, 67 years ago when 2020 started, when before COVID-19. Uh, tried to start a podcast. Everyone kind of got busy, kind of fell off. But we always knew we wanted to revisit it. And I think this is going to be our revamped version of that to kind of talk about uh, you know, we just didn't want there are a lot of podcasts out there that do like, oh, this game does X. This console runs at 40,000 frames a second and has 8K graphics and all that stuff. And, you know, that stuff's cool. A lot of people do that. Um, I told you, you're simple minded folks. Yes, we will do whatever the hell we want to do. <laughs> right. uh, I'm not like the most technologically advanced guy, but when I originally pitched this idea to you, I said that I wanted to do a podcast where we you know, talk about games and pop culture and anime or whatever we wanted to and stuff, but really like kind of had a more not that that stuff's not an intellectual discussion because I don't want to just start shitting on podcasts the first episode, just like be like that one person's stupid and that person's stupid. Uh, I, I told you that I kind of wanted to have like just, you know, yes, the game is pretty at 60 FPS and, you know, is has a great refresh rate and has ray tracing and all that. But like what? Mm -hmm. Like, what is actually going on with the game? What is it telling us? Just kind of, I guess, more of like the art and story directions and stuff like that. And kind of like what what games mean so, is like a society. Uh, so basically what Eric is saying is we are going to try and take what everyone talks about about the game and break it down to the bare bones of what people might actually be looking for in a game because not everybody's looking for the best graphics, the like fastest run speed or whatever it is. Maybe they're just looking for something that can keep them entertained or can just bide their time, basically. Like make it fun for them. Yeah. And you like said you pretty much hit the nail on the head. Like that's kind of the discussion that I want to have because 
uh, I think for, you know, people that get paid to do this professionally are, yeah, they're obviously going to have access to the best gear, the best things that they need to make the game look as pretty as it does. But, um, you know, me, me and you mean you are kind of like the average folk where it's like, oh, well, you know, we necessarily can't spend three thousand dollars on a gaming PC and have, you know, eight thousand K or. 170 frames a second at least, at least i can't uh I, i'm just not able to do that so uh always uh for me games have kind of been about uh what, what's the story what's the connection they're trying to make is the gameplay fun and just the people behind it too the talented voice actors that bring characters to life uh the design work that goes into it just just sort of things like that a little bit more of a deeper dive right. i guess it's kind of what what was the idea on here Um, We're giving props to people who usually get sidelined because they do a lot of the work. Definitely true. Uh, So (laughs) just to kind of uh, start it off here, we'll do kind of like it's the first day of, you know, you start a new high school. It's like, hi, my name is this. And I saw a movie this summer or whatever the lame introduction games they do, you know. Yeah, Uh, damn, you had uh, you had like a very interesting school. They didn't give a shit about us. They were just like, hey, this is a new person. Go sit over there. Yeah. So (laughs) when I. had orientation for college we were like broken into groups and the first thing we did is we all sat in a room together and got to know each other with our the student guides around campus and the ra was like okay we're gonna introduce everybody and like you say your name say a movie you saw over the summer and say your favorite animal and so Mm -hmm. everybody went around and like said their favorite animal and after that he's like okay i wrote all those down so now i'm only gonna refer to you to your animal for your animal for the next two days (laughs) not your name so i ended up being i think just like bear because bear's my favorite animal and i'm like mm. the least bear like person i'm like short and not muscular and just like <laughs> not just to let you know this is a cult for furries yeah um <laughs> just like okay cool and the ari was like ari went first he's like hi my name is dave and i like dragons and i'm like well dragon's not a real animal uh so um so i guess i'll just start i'll go uh hi my name is eric i guess if you know me at all online you probably know me as riptide and uh, my favorite video game of all time is probably Final Fantasy IX. So you can just do that if you want to. Uh, I am Tom. I go by Red Rival 26 on Twitch and Twitter or wherever the hell you find me at. Usually it's everywhere. Um, I would say oh, that's a tough like I have a list of favorite games, so it's kind of hard to choose just one. But uh, lately, I've been getting more and more into the Persona series, so I'm more of a also a JRPG person. And I do voices. I like doing giving characters voices. Very good at it, by the way, if I do say so myself. Uh, based <laughs> on our, our Monster Hunter streams, uh, yeah, <laughs> same goes for me. Like it's hard to just pick a game that's your favorite, but um, Final Fantasy IX really got me into like most of the different types of games I play and and mm-hmm. we we both play a little bit of everything. It's not like we just exclusively play RPGs. Right, we just right. We both play a lot of story based games, but there are occasions where we like, oh, we like to go shoot some people too. That's fun. Um in, in the game, not in real life. Cause that that's bad. Uh podcasts already shut down. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like, wait, I'm getting a phone call. Department of Homeland Security. Uh, oh dear. Okay. Um so yeah that's then that's just kind of the couple of things we wanted to do. Uh brief introduction. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, 
uh, I like how what I did was I kind of went and we spent that whole spiel talking about, oh, we don't want to go. This is this console. This does this and this does that. But literally the first topic of the outline I sent you is pretty much just that. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. I think um, what people usually talk about when it comes to next gen consoles is what's it capable of, not like like what what is capable of like visual and audio wise comparable to like what we were we would talk about like what kind of games can we look forward to on it like yes it's capable of these stats like the fps and all of this other stuff but what does that mean are we gonna get remakes of a bunch of games like they've already remade demon souls yeah, definitely. Um, is that something that we're going to get with a bunch of different games where they're going to remake a bunch into like high definition, new age games? Which I think would be I wouldn't be opposed to a lot of things as long as they don't get stuck in the remakes. But that's a whole like <laughs> that's a whole different topic. We could go, man. Alrighty. So the reason uh, just to in- interject, the reason why I call it the side questing podcast is because uh, when we had the last podcast that we did, we always went off on like a lot of crazy tangents. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, we want to talk about X and Y in this game today. And we'd end up 30 minutes later talking about like the Street Fighter movie or just like completely <laughs> random things. Uh, so I liken that when I was pitching the idea to you, I said, you know, like when you have big old video games, you have a mainline quest, but it's like, oh, I know big bad guys about to like explode the volcano and destroy the whole world. But this farmer needs me to find his 10 chickens. You know, mm-hmm. that's more important. That That's kind of what I likened it to. So so anybody with OCD that might be listening to this, I apologize ahead of time. <laughs> um, it will happen. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen. We have a script of things that we are like an outline of what we can talk about. It's not going to be followed. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably end up. Yeah, we'll probably want to talk about like we'll talk about want to talk about this X thing and it'll be like. Yeah, so Tom, I found a leaf outside that looked like Harry Truman's head or something like that. I don't know. That's just the most random thing I could think of. <laughs> so just ignore me, please. Um, so yeah, so that's a good segue, I think, into we we do want to talk about the next gen consoles because that's like pretty much the most important thing that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I I start off my outline. I had a couple of quotes from the CEO of PlayStation and the head of Xbox. Uh, so one of the quotes he said, uh, this is PlayStation CEO, Jim Ryan, everything is sold. Absolutely. Everything is sold. I'm spending a lot more time on trying to increase supply to meet the demand. Uh, and then, uh, Phil Spencer had an interesting podcast, uh, from some, I don't remember what it was, but I read it over on the verge. Uh, he said, there's a core just really hates the other consumer product. That's just so off putting to me. It's one of the worst things about our industry. Uh, it's just a couple different takes from, uh the different heads of the different consoles mm-hmm. uh so okay, i so here's well, something i, I would be I yeah uh, i want to ask you an initial question then you can kind of go off with your thoughts yeah, yeah um i'm assuming uh since you know we pitch ourselves the average shows uh i was not able to secure a series x or a ps5 uh during launch or anytime since i don't have you been able to get one i didn't try to okay <laughs> um I'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> I, I think that's going to go. I think we have a, a tangent to rant about that because I've seen both of us <laughs> post about Twitter. Um, Taylor and I have tried multiple times to get a PS5. Uh, we have kind of alerts and we scour Twitter and all this stuff to see when the resupplies are going to be coming. And 
just not possible to get one. I mean, I applaud those of you that have gotten one, but we have not been able to. So listen, listen, where you work, you should just be able to steal one. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm not on Amazon anymore. Oh, no. I'm back in oh, the, yeah, that's right. I'm back that's in the right. construction industry. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I mean, what's one going to be missing for all these scalpers? I mean, <laughs> true. Uh, so, yeah, it's just um, I just want to hear your initial impressions and thoughts. Uh, just kind of have and just, yeah, go ahead and talk about whatever you want to talk about. So I know that um, it's always a big thing. New consoles. Everyone wants it because it's bright, it's flashy, it's fun. They release a new hype game and everyone wants everything to do with it. However, then everyone complains about the problems that it has from launch. So I, since the GameCube have never purchased a console day one or even like four months after launch, Mm. (laughs) because I feel they have bugs that like, like games, whenever you play a game, Nowadays, it has 17 patches even years into the game's life cycle. So I don't see the point of getting one immediately just to complain that there was an issue with it because it's going to happen. It's technical hardware. They had to rush to get out for everybody, <laughs> especially in this time with, you know, COVID-19 and supply chains yes. being stressed. So you'd expect even more problems to be there. So it's the holiday season. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, copyright strike. And that's how. Uh, uh, no, it was less than 10 seconds. So oh, I'm good. You're right. That's right. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I agree with you. Um, I have heard that uh, I guess the Xbox Series X, like UI and the hardware and kind of stuff like that. It, it's pretty much similar to kind of how the xbox one is uh where it currently is so um ps5 they tried to change some stuff but i heard that some of the uis just just by general concept of trying to launch a new console during a pandemic is a little clunky and things don't really make a lot of sense um at the end of the day i'd be willing to bet there was just a push to get things out the door right exactly and i mean that's gonna happen it has happened with every console that has been released since the original xbox red ring of death was a huge thing and that kept going forever those are the good old days Uh, the good old days (laughs) um the playstation 3s had their timeouts when it would get overheated because the fans in the original playstations weren't uh or original playstation 3s would crash Mm. so that kept going which led to the ps4 sounding like jet engines if you things. added any more hardware to a PlayStation 4, it would sound like a jet engine. I know because my <laughs> external hard drive makes it sound like somebody started a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, but, I mean, it's going to happen. These systems are going to have issues. It's like getting a computer. You have to update the drivers. You have to double-check your, like, like for viruses and everything else. It's going to have hiccups. So just bear with it. If you're able to get your hand on one, fine. Great. If it works for you, great. If it's broken, don't complain about it because you actually got one. (laughs) Which is, that's an impressive task among itself, which I think we're going to talk about. Um, Yeah, I'm the same way. I've never gotten a console at launch uh, just because, A, I was never really financially able to until this generation Mm -hmm. to be in the position to do that and same thing with you i always want 
wait for things to be fixed before things before I go out and purchase things. And uh, second of all, like I just don't really have the patience that other people do to try and get one every time they restock or stand in line or do do any of those things. Um, more power to you guys for doing that, because, you know, some people got to be the first ones. Uh, it's not for me. Uh, I'm not going to camp out in front of a GameStop. I just mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't have the mental focus or patience to be able to pull that off. So uh, I normally just wait until I can like happen upon one. And if it's there, I get it. <laughs> right. much I don't think I do, people so. realize that when they come back in stock online, like I've seen Twitter posts from a bunch of people that I talk to and they like sit on the website for like PlayStation five. Um, they would sit on the website and it would have the countdown for restocking. And the site would crash because everyone's trying to get some. Mm-hmm. And then they reset it, go back in, and they're already automatically sold. Yeah, definitely. Because that's how the internet works. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta be uh, pretty lucky and have a pretty strong connection and just yeah, yeah. Kind, kind of hope you get your order through before it crashes. Is it's right. really it's really kind of a toss up. Um, a big problem they've been having that with that though is and we've talked about this on twitter a few times uh we send each other screenshots of the ridiculous mm-hmm. resellers market oh. uh, like if, if you were to go to ebay right now and if you were to search a ps5 you can find postings for like twelve hundred dollars fifteen hundred dollars eighteen hundred dollars uh which is absolutely ridiculous and uh the way they pull this off is uh, I'm not exactly sure of the science technology behind it, but it's the same problem that you have when you're trying to order tickets for a high end demand concert is the ticket scalpers. They use bots to order a bunch at one time. Mm-hmm. So then they have a bunch that they can and they're not buying them because they want to play games or have it. They're just they're buying them to resell. You know, if you're buying a, a five consoles of five hundred dollars and you turn around and sell them for almost two thousand, you know, that's a. 400 percent increase in profit, which is probably wrong math, but sounds right in my head. So and that's really where a lot of the problem is, is that any of the little ones that do trickle out into the kind of ecosphere to be bought and sold by actual people that want them are getting bought up by bots that can put the transaction in and order it faster than a human possibly could. And they did. I forget which article I read, but they did an interview with one of these reseller (laughs) people that said they have literal discords of people that get together, share like how they program their bots and like try to get them and split all the money. And it's just, it's a ridiculous underground market. That's taking a lot of the supply away from general consumers right now. Yep. And it's been like that forever. And honestly, it's going even for like uh, older generation consoles. Uh, I this is kind of off topic, but still on topic kind of deal. Uh, I went on Amazon because my PlayStation three finally crapped it up. Like it's done. Ooh. It basically just, I was in the middle of a game. It for shut down and it will not turn back on. <laughs> um, so I went online to see if there was like either a refurbished model or something I could find for the games I can't get anywhere else. They are pricing a PS3 right now for $467 is the cheapest one. Are you serious? Yeah. What was the launch price of a PS3? That's got to be more than what the launch Three, price was. $339. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. Because, A, you cannot get it in a GameStop anymore. 
they have it listed, but they will not have any more in stock unless somebody returns one. And you cannot find it anywhere else except for buying online. So with supply and demand as it is, you literally can only get it online. It's absolutely ridiculous. And so you're pretty much paying a premium to get technology that's two cycle generations older. Yep. Unbelievable. That's outrageous. So, and especially with the limited, the way supply is limited during COVID, you know, it just yes. makes it that much more difficult. So, and I don't really know if Microsoft or Sony really realize the extent to which this is a problem. Um, but there's so many for sale on like the resale market. It just it just seems the fact that anybody's gotten a regular one, just trying to get one off the website is astounding to me just because right. of all the problems we were having. And well, that's the thing. Everyone didn't want to pre-order because they weren't sure how it would go. So the fact you didn't pre-order means you're not going to get one. True. And the pre-orders for both consoles were also kind of messy too. So you're all kinds not of wrong. Fun stuff happened with that. Um, so really, I feel like until like Microsoft and Sony, and not even really them, because I guess it's not really on them to police people's websites like Walmart and Target that are buying their consoles. But and really tar Target, Walmart and all these guys have no incentive to crack down on this because they're like, oh, well, who cares? As long as we sell them, we're making money right uh so you'd have to have implementations where like ebay would have to step up and say okay anybody that gets one of these is like literally like if it's priced at above like reset or retail price you you're not allowed to post it or target and walmart would have to make changes where you can only you know do one transaction at a time not like these you know you buy a bunch at once like literally one transaction at a time that kicks you out to really slow down people that have the re the scalping bots or, or whatever it is I don't, I don't know what the solution is there but and until people realize that this is a problem i don't think much is going to change but also on the flip side people the consumers like us aren't really helping either because obviously their price people are buying them from the secondary market so mm -hmm. really like if I could give you guys a word of warning, like anybody that listens to us, don't buy something that's Reese. Don't buy don't buy a PlayStation 5 for eighteen hundred dollars. No, that's outrageous. That. You're yeah. just enabling the people that are hurting us. So <laughs> like I understand. I believe me, I understand. I'm having such uh, FOMO right now. Like it's stressing me the fuck out that I don't have a PS5 in my living room. and I'm not able to play the newest stuff, but <laughs> I'm not gonna buy a ps5 for 1800 this is not gonna happen <laughs> see i think the thing is that i wasn't in too much of a rush for ps5 because i i want to get one eventually but there's literally one game right now that i want to play everything else is just last generation games that you can play on the ps5 so other than demon souls i really don't see anything else i want to play right now on the ps5 i was gonna ask if it was demon souls i was that's it what i was guessing <laughs> it is demon souls right <laughs> of course uh, it is. well no i was the same way too but you know how it is when you start reading like the articles and watching the videos about it you get like a little bit of like a tingle in the back of your head and you're like <laughs> fuck i'm missing out on this stuff and then it starts to stress you out because it's like everyone else is having fun and you're not and you're like i'm missing out on uh, on this whole event that's supposed to be you know the thing of our generation and it's like i can't have it so uh, if they had promised to increase the run speed and graphic speed of Bloodborne, 
when you transfer it over from the PlayStation 4 to the PS5, I would have wanted it in a heartbeat. <laughs> Tom's like, I literally would have committed a crime to get one. <laughs> because the lag in that game, if you can fix that for me, it's a great game. I love it. If you can fix the lag in that game, I would be on board 100%. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, I guess... Um, that kind of leads in my I've we've ranted about the scalpers and stuff. Uh, I guess it leads mm-hmm. into my next my next points. Uh, do you have any I, have you I'm assuming you've probably watched some stuff on it. We haven't been able to we have not been able to physically play them. Uh, at least I haven't. I haven't seen a PlayStation 5 or Xbox played. I haven't really seen any of that. Um, read a lot, watch a lot about it. Uh, what are your initial kind of thoughts uh, on both consoles? It could be one or the other, both consoles. And then uh you know how do you see kind of this generation unfolding uh over the next few years so um i have only seen ps5 stuff because i am not an xbox person Mm -hmm. i have only owned one xbox 360 and i owned it for about a year and that's because it was secondhand a friend was trying to get rid of it and i purchased off of him backstory anyway um backstory is always good (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I haven't looked too much into the Xbox Series X because nothing seemed to pull my attention for it. The PS5, I have been a Sony person for as long as I can remember. Nintendo and Sony were the only ones we owned in our house. (laughs) Um, I have seen what they've done with graphics for the PS5, even through a 1080 video on like youtube or twitch or twitch is only 720 but even with those doled down graphics they somehow pulled miracles out of their ass (laughs) just for watching like bits and pieces of demon souls it looks way too realistic in certain parts like I'm waiting for like FIFA and like Madden to come out with their new game to see like how realistic are these games going to be now to actually have miniature people in your game now that you can just like <laughs> you the, throw them from the TV onto your game. <laughs> this, this, yeah, the screenshots are really impressive from stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. I've seen uh, the graphical um, the, the the graphical jump is not as big as to me as it is from some previous console generations. Uh, but damn, the stuff still, it looks really impressive. Well, that's uh, the thing, because the PS4 was trying to make its way up there to begin with, with like um, updates in its hardware and everything. So it was trying to, like with each game, progress that and see how far it could be pushed. And I think the PS5 is like, okay, we've reached, we've reached the point in the PS4 where this is where it ends like this is how the graphics the best that they can be let's move it to the next console increase the hardware and let's see how far we can push that one because every playstation if you notice going all the way back they'd start out with a very clunky very like trying to think of like an example for the ps1 original tekken on ps1 if you look at that it's a lot of triangles and a lot of squares to make people by Tekken two, I think Tekken two was still on the PlayStation one. Yeah. Cause Tekken three went to PlayStation two. Tekken three or Tekken, Tekken three was great. Tekken two is such a different looking game from Tekken one. Mm-hmm. Like they increased the graphics to the point where you can tell it was a person. They didn't have square hands. 
They actually had <laughs> shaped out a person. <laughs> like when you look at Final Fantasy VII. Listen, don't <laughs> hate on people with square hands, man. Yeah, don't hate on people with round or square hands. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but uh, it seems like anytime PlayStation makes a system, they started off with low as low as possible that they can have on that system and what people expect. And then from then on, they just increase it to make it look better and better. Right. And I think, yeah, that is a good point. And I, I had a point too. For, for me, uh, none of the console generation jumps have really been as great to me as it was when it went from Super Nintendo to N64. Because okay, that's just, uh, that's unfair. Yeah. Okay, you went from 2D to 3D. But, that's <laughs> yeah, but the, 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 the jump I always compare it to is you know we, we had like the ps1 super nintendo that whole era and then n64 comes out and with super mario 64 and you know nobody had really seen anything you know to that scale before and mm -hmm. that really kind of ushered in kind of the next generation and then you know from there to gamecube and, and ps2 and then uh there to the you know, 360 it just seems like every kind of jump is incrementally less uh, which kind of leads me to add, and not that I'm looking for like a giant jump every generation. I just know that that kind of jump you take every generation isn't sustainable. Uh, I, I honestly ask every time a, a beautiful game comes out, like, wow, how can it get much better than this? Like the graphics are just so good. Uh, like just seeing some screenshots and some video gameplay of cyberpunk. I'm like, wow, how can anything look better than this? It's just, it looks so incredible. Um, so yeah, I, I really think, I mean, I appreciate graphics uh, probably less than the next person. It, graphics don't sell things for me. No, they um, don't. But if you're going just based off of a like graphical, like if you're just like getting a new console for graphics, it's like I don't think the leap for you is gonna like be there. I don't think mm -hmm. um, just because we're in an age right now, kind of where um, PC gaming is more mainstream, and you know you don't have new PC generations. You just upgrade your parts and like games just start looking better and better and better. Uh, we had the halfway consoles, uh, the Xbox one X and the PS4 pro that you kind of never, that kind of bridged the gap. Right. Uh, I, I would say if they didn't do that and they just kind of went from Xbox one and PS4 to PS5 and then series X, the graphical jump would probably look really good. But like right, you said, yeah. we, we had these halfway consoles and they kind of kept pushing them more and more and more and more up till the launch of the, five and the series x where we're kind of seeing like this overlap um i don't think we'll really know what these consoles can do uh for at least another year or two just because i don't think especially during covid and you know, reduced work time and stuff i imagine they probably haven't had as much time with the dev kits that they'd like to see what they can really do um i'd be willing to bet like say a year or two we'll really have a better idea of uh kind of what these things can do right exactly so that's kind of my rant. If you need want to add anything else to it, just uh, if you notice, a lot of the games that they were releasing for the new consoles, the graphics that they were using were the ones that everyone, like the modern gamer, wants to see. Right. Like I don't need an updated Fortnite. The game already looks like crap, and that's. <laughs> You don't need to fix that. I mean, it, it looks like crap to begin with. We're very anti-Fortnite. I should have... That's going to carry over from the other podcast. We're very anti-Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like, you'll, you'll see increase... Like, Call of Duty Cold War was one of the first games that came out. 
like all the Call of Duty gamers. That's that's them. That's their thing. Mm-hmm. You don't really play a Call of Duty game for the story. You can show it in the trailer, but nobody plays it for the story. Anyone that I've seen playing that game on Twitch or wherever they have their live streaming, it's always been zombies. Yeah, you're, you're, not, you're not playing like, oh, uh, you're not titling your stream on Twitch, Call of Duty campaign and like seeing like yeah. 80,000 people watch it. That's just not happening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like try like all the games that they release other than Demon Souls, which I think they were just trying to show like, here's a game from the PS3 that was very clunky. It was the first like Dark Souls style game. It was hard as fuck. And <laughs> true. Um, it looked very much like crap. Want to see what it looks like with a new gen system. So let's take the crappiest of the crap that we had. And we'll make people feel like it, they're in awe because we took that game and turned it into the best thing that we could make. That's actually super clever. If I think about yes. it, that's actually really clever. So what they did is they took simple ways out for their games. They took what games people want to see. So like the shooters. And then they had some little indie games here and there just to get like the indie crowd fired up. Right. And then they're like, hey, let's take a crappy looking game to begin with and make it look really good. It's actually brilliant if I think about it. Because yeah, that's like, <laughs> yeah, that's actually genius. I, I, I never thought of it that way before. So that's super interesting. All I'm waiting for is 3D Ori in the Blind Forest. Okay, that's all I'm waiting oh, for. Oh, God, stop. <laughs> that game's gorgeous in 2D. That'll, that'll blow my mind in 3D. Super, uh, super or, Ori, Ori Mario 64. I'm trying to think of like the worst game possible. Like they should have just aimed as low as possible. Like take Bubsy and made it like a, oh, like God, a beautiful Bubsy. 3D. It's like that would have really been if people would have been like, oh, my God, the PlayStation 5. Can we that get a 3D Earthworm Jim? That actually would be awesome. <laughs> I would love that a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, I think for me, um, just kind of what I'm thinking is, uh, I think this generation is going to be less about graphical enhancements, uh, games looking better. I think it's going to be more along the lines of the quality of life adjustments that they make. Because right. uh, a lot of the stuff that I was more excited about than like ray tracing and graphics, like don't get me wrong, ray tracing and graphics, that's going to be super cool. Uh, but I was more excited about uh, when they showed off, you know, the quick resume technology for Microsoft or how fast the loading screens were on, on PS5. That was the well, stuff that got me really excited. Because did you see that the latest update, they added quick resume to PS5? Oh, did they? Yeah. So just to compete with that, they yeah. did a quick resume if you're on the menu and you see the last game you played if you click on it it brings you right to it right like the the way you can now jump in and play games is so quick Mm -hmm. like i always used to use that time to i'd fire up a game and be like oh okay well it loads and all the you know splash art company splash arts go by i can run downstairs and get my soda and get a snack and like be ready to go it's like no it is fast (laughs) it is so fast it's unbelievable i was watching um them do it with spider-man miles morales and like it's not they don't even have like the subway loading thing anymore it's just like you just click to go somewhere and you're there or yep. if you want to launch the game like you launch it the first time and you see that the start screen and all the company's titles and stuff like that but after that again it just launches now how does that it's how seconds. does that make you feel because getting rid of like I, like i understand getting rid of long load times that has been a problem for years games that are 
farther along than the system they're being played on, the loading screens are always ridiculous. But then you have games like Spider-Man or you had like those old Dragon Ball Z games where you had the mini games on the loading screen that were like quirky and fun. True. They're getting rid of those. Oh, that's sad. (laughs) So like you're just literally removing all of that stuff to make the game run faster. And I will say I'm a little bit upset about that because one of my favorite parts of playing Assassin's Creed was like when you got to run around in just the dead space, you know, while it was loading. (laughs) Right. I thought that was actually really awesome. But yeah, I do get your point. Um, I, okay. I just I, think... I remember playing uh, Budokai three with friends and it was like the original like PlayStation two Dragon Ball fighting game that you could play with friends. Right. And the mini game for the loading screen was trying to do as like more push ups than your friend by <laughs> like button mashing. And it was perfect. Like it was a fun little filler thing. Like this could just be a game by itself. Just give me. Yeah, this. exactly. <laughs> I'll buy this on Steam for five dollars. <laughs> um yeah we will be losing a lot of that but i just i kind of think in the end um that's kind of where the adjustments are going to be or even like how playstation has like the dual sense controller with like the reactive triggers uh, i think once developers have more time with that kind of stuff that's where a lot of the uh kind of leaps forward this generation are probably going to take places and stuff like that because uh, like i said graphics been getting better for so long and now it just seems like I don't know. It's it's just how much better can graphics get except for like real life. And then when that happens, we'll be living in the Matrix. So I don't know. Right. So that, that that's kind of where I kind of where I stand on it right now. Um, I don't know if you have anything else you wanted to add. Nope, I think we're good on that. OK, I did want to do the predictions for this generation, though, and I put generation in quotation marks. Uh, so I wanted to know if you had any gener- or uh, predictions that would happen for this generation or not. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more crossplay. A lot more crossplay. Yeah, I would agree to that. They were pushing it real hard at the beginning of this year, which is the one good thing from 2020. <laughs> yeah, in this year it's been a mess. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I think I remember when we had the podcast originally, we did we talked about uh crossplay and remember how Sony wasn't going to let people crossplay yeah. Fortnite, and i think they finally come around on that so that's yeah, they came point. around when the switch was released uh they kind of saw where they stood and the switch is like yeah we'll make everything crossplay and <laughs> it's just like fuck <laughs> right and so sony's like well i guess we're gonna have to do that now okay that's a good one um got any others or um let's see here I got a, I got a few if you want to think about it for a second. I think there's going to be an increase in VR. With the graphics the way that they are, VR is going to be a bigger thing, I feel, because it's going to be able to handle a lot more. Definitely. I think, yeah, with like you said, the graphical enhancements, I think that bigger studios will finally be like, OK, this is something we can probably work with. That's something You're not going to be stuck with so. just the lame uh, Star Wars VR game <laughs> that you can only move by thrusting your hips forward. Yeah, as I say, still, yeah, this is, ain't no Star Wars Connect, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. No, that's that's another good one. I I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, I think that's it for right now. Okay, I got a few because I've been thinking about this. Um, okay. Number one, I don't know how certain this is, but I would be willing to bet that this is the console generation that we will probably see some, not all, games 
start to be priced at $70. I would agree with that because um, it seems like they went from 50 to 60. It seems like a pattern currently. I think that uh, I believe Godfall on PS5 is already priced at $70. I read. I believe that's the case. Hmm. Um, and I think this is probably what's going to happen just because the cost of making games as they get nicer and more graphically enhanced and take longer to make is just ballooning out of control. Um, True. So I think them jacking the price up $10 probably helps alleviate some of that cost, uh, especially if you have a game where it's not going to be a game that's a live service. Uh, live service games, you'll probably be able to keep them at $60 just because a lot of the microtransactions will offset the costs. But uh, I think, you know, unless Bethesda finds a way to put microtransactions in Skyrim, uh, that's probably going to be a really expensive game It's going to require probably just something like that i'm saying it will be um so yeah i think it'll be 70 dollars on that one um yeah I, I would i would agree with that statement okay but we all know skyrim's coming don't don't even try to fake it yeah like, they'll slide it in somewhere <laughs> i'm 48 years old maybe i don't know 18 years down the road um okay uh number two i wouldn't say this is so much of a bold prediction maybe this might be a hot take possibly uh i think this is the last quote-unquote traditional console generation hmm. we think about that's a spicy take isn't it <laughs> i want to say yes i would agree just because of but that's the thing everyone expected that with the ps4 and the xbox one right so two reasons for this um Number one is I think they were kind of testing it out when they did the uh, in, I call it the in-between console, the the one X and the PS4 Pro. Right. Um, really, I feel like and I don't really know a different model to compare it to except for this one. I, I feel like we're kind of heading towards the cell phone market model where you're not going to have quote unquote like generations. It won't be like, oh, PS5 and then 10 years down the road will release PS6. I feel like every few years it'll probably just be like a, like a half step console that they release uh, mm -hmm. kind of like a new cell phone model. Like, you know, every year they have like a new iPhone. Uh, it probably won't be every year, but I'd be willing to say every couple of year or two, maybe two, three years, you'll have some kind of new Xbox or PlayStation machine. That's a, that, like a little step up from the previous one, just so that you can keep up with the graphical enhancements or gameplay things that are happening. Right. Uh, that's kind of where I feel the market is going towards uh, that and slash or you're going to be uh, there will just be streaming video games. That's kind of that's another reason they're already starting to do it with Xbox Game Pass. Stadia yeah. already does it. Steam already does it. Um, we don't I, talk about Stadia. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Might be the first and only time you hear Stadia mentioned on this podcast. <laughs> um, but the other day, Amazon announced that, that they're launching a gaming streaming service called Luna. So for me, it's not really going to be. And maybe this like ties into a second take. Um, there, I, I feel like there won't really be a traditional console war in the sense of, oh, PlayStation 5 won because they sold more consoles. It's not really going to be about that. It's going to be, you know, 
what service are you subscribed to and where are you playing your games? That's going to be more of the, the driver of what defines a console war or who's doing better in the video game space, because pretty soon it's going to be, oh, I'm just subscribed to Luna and Xbox Game Pass, and that's how I get my games. So yep. uh, that's my second kind of third take. And spicy. It's, hot take. It's, it's not going to be much of a change to begin with, just because of the fact that people usually rely on digital, which is why they came out with the uh, PlayStation Digital rather than just the PlayStation with the, you need the discs or whatnot. They have the disc version and they have the digital version. That's why they came out with that, because it seems like everyone's purchasing everything online for their games. So it's not a big jump for streaming if they're already doing that. Right. I, I just feel like they've kind of seen that model work um, with the way Netflix and Hulu and all that stuff is. Right. Uh, and you especially it's not hard to see because the shenanigans Microsoft is doing buying Bethesda, buying all these studios. Uh, they've seen the power that Netflix has with their exclusives that people want to sign up for their service to watch Netflix's exclusive content. Mm -hmm. So if Microsoft's like, well, if we have exclusive gaming content, then people will sign up for Xbox Game Pass to pass to play Skyrim or wh whatever else their studios are working on. So um, I feel like that's how it's going to be exclusive wise too you're gonna go it's gonna be like where can i play the games that i want to play the most because i i i still think there'll be games that get released over all consoles just because but i think there will be a push to make certain things exclusive to get people to sign up for game pass or playstation now or lunar or whatever um, right that's kind of what i'm feeling right I, I can see that okay this sorry for my rants that's just the thing i was most excited to talk about uh, you can call me out in five years if this podcast is still around on the internet and say I was wrong and it was an idiot. So <laughs> feel so free to do that. We, we looked at a lot of things on the last podcast and it ended up becoming true. Right. We uh, also There was also a lot of things that I said I listened to them that were also stupid. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but like, wow, that take was super wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> just, It's just an assumption that it was automatically wrong. <laughs> um, two more things on Next Gen, then I want to talk about game the game awards real quick. Uh, mm -hmm. Number one. GTA 5 outlasted an entire console generation, <laughs> which I don't understand, which is insane. If you think about it, I, I can't think of a game that's ever done anything like that. I think that's unprecedented. It's unbelievable. Right. Um, so props to Rockstar, props to GTA 5. That's incredible. Um, and then I want to ask you real quick. Uh, we talk a lot about Series X and PS5. Uh, where does this leave Nintendo? I think Nintendo will be fine. They have a market all on their own that they have proven they don't need like highest graphics. They don't need highest runtime. The only thing I've ever heard anyone actually complain about Nintendo with is their online. Like their online needs some major fixing. Uh, if you ever tried to play a game of Smash Brothers or... Um, like Splatoon or anything like that on a Switch. Even with hardware or anything like that, the game still has a lot of lag issues. <laughs> this is 100% true. Uh, terrifies me for when Monster Hunter Rise comes out and I can't play with people. <laughs> um, no, I agree. I think this started with the Wii. I think Nintendo is very good at seeing what the future is bringing and they differentiated themselves with PlayStation and 
Xbox a long time ago. They were like, we're just straight up not going to compete with these guys because we don't want to. They somehow and, made a portable slash home gaming system. Which still blows same, my mind. At the same day. time. <laughs> Incredible. And this system has been out for what? Four, five years now? Four years? Yeah. Yeah, about four years now. See, so you know, a Switch Pro is coming probably within the next year or so. Just guessing. I, think, I don't think they will because the way no, they've been talking, they are updating this system so much. Like they came out with the handheld only version. True. So the next thing they might do is just like a home only version. I can see that. Yeah. Um, I think that they've just they've positioned themselves well to not even like nobody's has Nintendo's strength of IPs, their cast of characters. So mm-hmm. if Microsoft or Sony try to do something like this, they pretty much have to compete with each other to, to kind of keep their business models going. Nintendo is just like, no, we're doing and, this. And so. the thing is, like the switch has taken huge steps because of the fact ever they did something that everyone kind of had to do a double take about. Right. They pulled games that nobody expected them to get ever. They pulled Overwatch, Witcher three, online, Witcher three. <laughs> like the the big things that I was like majorly shocked about was they pulled Doom first off. Both Doom games, <laughs> not a family friendly game, <laughs> not a family friendly game. They pulled Bayonetta to be a Switch exclusive for the. Bayonetta 2 and 3 to be a Switch exclusive. Right. I mean, a Nintendo exclusive, I should say, because I was on the Wii U first. They pulled Overwatch, a big shooter game. And now they have a license for, as I say, adult games. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to go into detail about it. I just know they're on there. Oh, That's fantastic. <laughs> All right. I think that's good. Um, good talk about next gen. I like it. Uh, we'll have to see how this plays out. I'm sure as soon as one of us is able to procure a PS5 or Xbox, I'm sure we will talk about it. Um, yeah. Don't know when that's going to be, though. Probably a little ways off. So if they somehow are able to amplify Monster Hunter World on a PS5, I want to see it. <laughs> It'd be incredible. Like Anjanath comes out and you could see every single scale and everything just like moving as it roars. And it's like, oh, this is what you're supposed to look like. Uh, I have uh, switched my newest, most anticipated game from uh, Super Mario Odyssey 2 to Monster Hunter World 2. So Monster Hunter World 2 <laughs> or whatever they decide to do after that. Um, I mean, I think Rise may be just the next biggest thing. They're pop. just going to keep adding to it because everyone didn't expect World to be a big thing. And then it turned out to be a phenomenon. Listen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, doggos and rise. Get ten out of ten game yeah. of the year. It's already good. So it's um, not a Japanese game without an animal companion. This is true. So. <laughs> uh, all right, um, let's take a real quick break. I just want—I heard my dog barking in the background. I don't know if you did too. Yeah. Uh, okay. Awesome. He's going to be on the pod. Famous. At the end of every year, uh, well, at least we did last podcast, we talked about game of the year. Uh, yep. There's like there, there's like 40 different outlets that like do game of the year stuff. Like everyone has their own like different taken lists. So I decided just to go off the game awards, which are happening uh, December 10th, uh, five days from now, actually. Fun fact. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. I have the candidates and we can talk about some of the other categories. I definitely want to talk about voice acting because that's one of my favorite categories. Uh, so I am going to read off the list of the game of the year candidates, and then we can talk about the ones we want to talk to or 
and see which ones we think would possibly win or we can pick our favorites however you want to do okay. it i don't know probably okay. just end up ranting um fun fact first of all uh cyberpunk 2077 not on the list because it is launching the same day <laughs> as the game I wonder, awards. If, I wonder if they were waiting for that so it could be part of like the selection for the next gen like the next gen games so yeah. they can compete with those i wonder if that's the case yeah uh it's been pushed back several times um i just i hope that the swedish chef is doing the presentation with cyberpunk in it because did you see that, tw- <laughs> did you see that tweet today yeah, that <laughs> of all the muppets to get to do a presentation at the game awards get the swedish chef i mean oh, not, not knocking actually- not knocking anybody that's swedish or a chef it's just kind of you know it's actually a tr- uh, trick. They're actually releasing more characters for uh, Smash Bros. Oh, God, it's the Muppets back. <laughs> Kermit is going to be uh, the new fighter. Kermit hops into Smash. I think that would be great, honestly. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, this year, the candidates for Game of the Year are uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, mm-hmm. Last of Us 2, Hades, Doom Eternal, Animal Crossing, Ghosts of Tsushima. Am I saying that right? Two. Go Tsushima. Tsushima. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I just I always butcher that when there's the T in front of the S. So, okay. Uh, so, Tom, what do you like about those? What don't you like about them? What? Who do you like? Okay. So, just start going. Final Fantasy VII Remake. I have played. I have finished. I have not 100%ed, but I plan to because I actually liked this more than Final Fantasy VII the original. Ooh, that's a hot take. That's a spicy Which is take. A hot take. <laughs> I like it. Um, Final Fantasy VII, if anybody knows me, uh, I've said it before in the last podcast. I've said it on stream before. It's a very, very... I get shit for it a lot. (laughs) I like just about every other Final Fantasy over Final Fantasy VII. The remake, however, with what they did with the characters and kind of fleshed everything out, Cloud didn't seem like a soulless bastard in this game. (laughs) Unlike the other game. They made him very, uh, I mean, his portrayal was the way it has been in a lot of the Final Fantasy media since Final Fantasy VII. Yes. Very monotone. Um, but yeah, it, little things in his, uh, the way the voice actor plays him and his character's kind of motions do give him more character. Right. I, and he's not just that. a he's not just a robot anymore, where it's just like, oh, he's this quiet, stern soldier like ex-soldier slash mercenary guy who who just goes around and fights people they actually gave him like a human side which you get to see with how they've done everything you get to see like when he has emotion you get to hear it in his voice when he's talking to either like when he's talking to tifa about how the job goes you get to hear his human side you get to see that he's not just one note character. So I feel like they did a huge, huge upscaling when it comes to character writing, story writing, and just all around gameplay of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, they definitely, I agree. Uh, The scope of the story um, is just, the remake conveys a story that's just so much bigger than what the original was able to convey. Uh, and the fact they just like take it's not even the first half of this game it's really like the first six they're the first portion of this game when you're in Midgar Mm -hmm. and scaled up to a full size game Um, I would say just off the balls that Square Enix had alone to do this 
Mm-hmm. Uh, if they don't win the award, they definitely deserve something because you're taking arguably your most like famous property that people love. And it's something that's beloved from tons of people's childhood and pretty much saying, okay, like we're redoing it. That takes, that takes a lot of balls. I mean, I just got to say that takes a lot of balls um, for lack of a better term. Uh, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, they definitely pulled it off. Midgar is gorgeous. The game's gorgeous. The combat's a lot of fun. The voice acting is great. Also props to final fantasy seven remake because it has the scariest section in all of final fantasy games. Which one is that? The haunted uh, train station. Oh yeah, that the way they did that with, was amazing. With all the the kids' spirits flying around and everything, that was fucking creepy as hell. <laughs> right. Um, also gets my award for best boss fight of the year when you fight a house. Yes. Uh, great. Yes, the house was, fight. Drop that, the house on them. Absolutely fantastic. So, um, no, yeah, I agree. I like I like Final Fantasy VII a lot. I thought it was a great game. Um, all right, uh, next on the list, I'm just going to keep going with these. Last of Us 2. Uh, you're going to have to talk about this one because uh, I've always I've meant to pick it up and play it. haven't gotten a chance to yet. OK, so I may or may not have finished it. <laughs> OK, because <clears throat> I was very hyped for the game. I really was. And when I started it, it felt really good. I'm not going to spoil anything about the game. But about hour and a half in, I stopped caring about the game. <laughs> really? Like, I can see where people like it because it's a different stance. It's um, a different point of view that you would get from the game being a sequel. I just feel that what they did with some of the characters is. I don't know. Like Ellie, I know Ellie became like a teenager, so she's more like rebellious and, you know, she has to be that brooding teenager. Right. Those damn kids. Um, I just feel they did it too much. They like took all her emotion out of her and just turned her into a whiny bitch. (laughs) Oh, God. So are you saying did they take all of the brooding out of Cloud and put it into Ellie? Yes. Oh, I had to go somewhere. Oh, God. I had to go somewhere. (laughs) Um, And I when I'm playing it, I I keep telling myself, like, okay, well, maybe this gets better. And like every time I play it, I feel like maybe I should just go back and play Last of Us one because that's a much better game. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things about it that are very good. The story is very compelling. I just feel like it's kind of like a wash of like what a post-apocalyptic game is. Right. And from what I've seen of it and what I've read of it too, um, the thing that I really like about this game too is they they kind of tried if i'm remembering correctly there's a scene like halfway through or three-fourths of the way through the game where like ellie walks in front of a mirror and she won't even her her character won't even look at the mirror she just looks down in a way because she's just kind of like the toll of what that kind of violence does to a person um i, I kind of like how this game kind of like tries to address that uh, well there's a there there is a uh, there's a reason for that but there that's is. Why I'm saying no spoilers for okay, it. Okay. So. Okay. Um yeah. so I don't know if I'm projecting that. I just remember I read a lot about how the, like they tried to talk about that a little bit when the game first came out. Um but yeah, I feel I feel like 
just kind of like the reviews I read and just kind of like uh, I went back and kind of saw the hype right around when The Last of Us 1 was released. And I just don't really feel like it's similar. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like whatever they try with Last of Us 2 didn't really stick as well as it did with the first game. So I don't right. know if maybe that's because the first like trailer they did for Last of Us 2, if I remember correctly, from E3. It didn't feel like Last of Us. It felt like like a Resident Evil game almost. Right. Like there was so much like, oh, look at these group of people and they're all being murdered by this creature and blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, here's Ellie. It's like, okay, so what the hell are you doing? Like, what's the game? Like, (laughs) what are you guys going for? (laughs) Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So, um. All right, so that, that's all we can say about Last of Us 2. Uh, next on the list, uh, one of my personal favorites this I say, year. I say your game of the year candidate. <laughs> I, I think you already know because I've, I've been, uh, I, I've been uh, gl- like gushing about this game on Twitter because I love it so much. Uh, Hades, mm-hmm. PC, Switch. Uh, I don't know if it's out on main consoles yet. Uh, made the, by little s- indie, the little indie game that could. Made by <laughs> Super Giant Games. I remember reading about it when it was in early access, but it came out, I think, in September or August, September, and um wow man have you have you gotten a chance to play this yet i have only played a little bit of it i've seen it played um between the voice acting and the art style of it i am very excited because the voice voice work in it sounds fucking incredible (laughs) Um, my girlfriend actually gets mad at me when i have the volume on uh because i love the the voice acting so much and um (laughs) yes so i have to say this is this is a roguelike um not that that's a bad thing. It just seems like there are a lot of those these days. Um, but what Supergiant does and tying in this crazy story of these Greek gods and goddesses, um, along with, you know, your endless runs that don't end, even if you die, mm-hmm. um, is just shocking and fantastic. And is like nothing we've ever seen in these, this type of game before. And yeah, the guy, the I forget his name, but the guy who plays Hades is just absolutely incredible the way he narrates the game and brings that character to life is is just <laughs> unbelievable um and just the replayability it has uh, now once you get the hang of this game and i'm by no means a speedrunner, so i'm not one of those fucking crazy people that have cleared this game in like nine minutes um, right each run i've done of this game that i've cleared it's taken me about a half hour give or take um so you're like, oh, OK, well, a half hour game, but just the replayability of this game, just because it's so fun fighting enemies to clear rooms, getting power ups, making your build, getting to the end of the game, because every time you either die or get to the end of the game, like more dialogue options unlock, more of the story gets told to you. And it just creates this thing where you want to keep going to get better. You want to keep making your runs faster. You want to find out what happens to the story. You want to unlock everything. And it's just it's really mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can't really describe why I it grabbed me so much just because I, I was never really a roguelike guy before. So but this game exceeded. And, and if you've noticed, too, that a couple of times we've talked about game of the year, um, the game of the year I always pick is a game that surprisingly exceeded my expectations. Like when we did the one with God of War and I said it's because, you know, God of War, I never played a God of War up until now. And it made me a fan of the franchise like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I'm picking Hades. It's that's my choice. I mean, we don't even have, I want to go through the rest of these, but I'll tell you right now, Hades is my choice. So, 
Um, so question before we move on, did you mean actual, like the voice actor for Hades or are you talking about Zagreus? Um, the actual voice actor for Hades, the voice actor for, are, are they the same? They're the same, aren't they? No, voice actor. Uh, no Z- they're different. Z- okay. Zagre- Zagreus is your character. Right. Yeah. Hades is the, okay. I didn't know if you meant like. No, the guy, oh. so like Hades. Yeah. So it's about Zagreus, who is the son of Hades trying to escape from Hades, obviously, or the underworld, I guess. Uh, but his father, the guy who vo- actually voices Hades, the father, I forget his name, but he, when you talk to him, you hear it. And any time something is narrated in your journey throughout the underworld is also Hades voice, too. And Zag- anytime he says something, Zagreus just kind of like has like a little like mouth off one liner to him as he's like venturing through. It's it's got a lot of heart for such a such a game like that. So it's really nuts. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10 anyway, just for the fact that you can uh, you can pet Cerberus. Dude, Cerberus is the best boy. 10 out of 10, like 14 out of 10, honestly. Like, it's so great. Anything with a doggo in it gets extra points for me. So, <laughs> so, uh, OK, um, Doom Eternal. Uh, I honestly don't really have a lot to say about Doom Eternal. Um, didn't play it. Seen it played. Uh, you know, it's a Doom game. It's from Bethesda. I mean, I don't think. OK, so here's the thing. It's a fun game. It's a more challenging Doom game. It's like they took Dark Souls in Doom 2016 and fused them together. Oh, God. <laughs> Terrifying. Because even on normal mode, you're going to die a lot. Right. <laughs> um, but I don't feel it's game of the year material. Because it's more of a pickup and it's like every other Doom game. It's a pickup and kill game. Nothing about it is like story driven because it's very confusing. They somehow went from 2016's Doom, went to this game with nothing in between, and there's a huge story gap because I don't know how the hell you got to where you are. You just were there. <laughs> so I wonder if that's more of a product of, you know, this being not that this was a down year for video games, but this it was kind of a down year for video games just because of the whole pandemic. Uh, I wonder if maybe that's why they put Doom Eternal in there. Cause it was like, well, we need another like big name game in this lineup. Um, that that's kind of how I felt. Not, not discrediting the work that Bethesda did or that, or the doom franchise, because I, I've, I played the first doom and I will probably eventually play this play doom eternal. And I, I had a lot of fun with it. It's a fun game. I just, I can't say I can't say that I would feel strongly about it for game of the year. So, um, excuse me, they did not per, per, put Persona Five Royale in here, so I'm already disowning this. That so. came out this year, right? Yeah. Why? Why? I've haven't played it, but I've seen you play it, and I, I've heard nothing it. but great things about that game. So, why wouldn't Persona Five be on there? Because I'm guessing because the original game came out two years ago, two or three years ago. Oh, is this the Royal Edition? Yeah, this is the. Uh, Okay, but five, seven's a remake, so it's like, well, why is Final Fantasy VII on there? It came out in nineteen ninety. Because whatever. it's Final Fantasy VII, it can break the rules. <laughs> fucking, fucking Square Square Enix coming in and putting up whatever rules they want. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Next one, Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Play have played this. I'm assuming you've played it as well. I played a good month of it, and then I deleted it. <laughs> True. <laughs> Um, you have any thoughts on it? Mm, I mean, it's good for a chill game. I just, my, between my OCD and everything, trying to play that game kills me. 
because no matter how much time has passed, if I go back a mile and there's going to be weeds everywhere. True. It could be like an hour and I'll go back and be like, where the fuck did that time go that I spent picking all this shit off the ground? And then it's like, oh, but now you have to raise this more money and more money and more money and more money. And I'm like, this is just never, this is like Minecraft. I get the same feeling from this game as I do for Minecraft. It's a never ending cycle that will just get boring. I respect that. Um, Taylor already told me that if I don't pick this for game of the year, she's going to kill me. Uh, so this is actually my game of the year, everybody. It's not Hades, which I said previously was game of the year. It's definitely this one. Please um, don't hurt. Wh- please don't hurt me. <laughs> uh, Nintendo game of the year, uh, Hades Crossing. Um, you just play yeah. as Zagreus and you do chores. Hades Crossing, New Underworld. <laughs> New Underworld. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I like it. Um, no, I think. Listen, so when this game came out, it was right when kind of all the shit hit the fan with COVID. Okay, yeah. and um. There was a lot we didn't understand about it. Uh, that was kind of a scary time uh, because, you know, we weren't sure if things were in a lockdown. We weren't sure how deadly it was. You know, some people were saying, oh, it's going to be fine versus some people were like, oh, this is going to turn into like, you know, I am legend where there's going to be zombies running around or whatever. I don't know. Uh, or Walking Dead. Um, so there was a lot of fear, uncertainty, a lot of, you know, combined with the political atmosphere. Um, that's the atmosphere that Animal Crossing got released into. And mm-hmm. for a lot of people, all the articles I kept seeing after release is like, this is the game we need this year. This is this came out. This could not have come out at a better time because this is just what people needed while they're stuck in their homes. Well, right. it was something that's just wholesome, pleasant to just take your mind off of all the terrible things that were happening. And I, I think based on, you know, Animal Crossing, it wasn't breaking any gameplay barriers, it had a crafting system. It's got chores. It's got stuff that you build, you know, all that's been done before. Um, but I think just went it coming out being so wholesome and being such like a simple doing chores, taking your mind off of it, you know, talking to people, um, paying off Tom Nook millions of dollars in mortgage. Uh, yep. I just think based on that alone, it definitely. Not that it's like a groundbreaking game, but I, I I like a lot that it's on here Um, because, yeah, I, I agree with that. At the end of the day, it was the game we needed this year. It really was. <laughs> so it's, it's it's the roguelike game that you have no like. Like drama in <laughs> true, all of your runs are just an attempt to just pay off Tom Nook and you never can. So you just restart yeah. every time, essentially. <laughs> I like that. That's a good that's a good take. Um, OK. Uh, and then last but certainly not least, and you're probably going to talk about this one because I was not able to play this one as well. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Well, joke's on you because I didn't play it either because <laughs> I had trauma from Sekiro. So That's I what didn't I was going to say. I was like, I just played a, a very hard samurai game a year ago called Sekiro, which was the game of the year last year, I believe. Yeah. Um, definitely was deserved. Of, that game was fucking awesome. Did it end up winning or did God of War? No, because God of no, War was two, years, two ago. years ago. Oh, that's God. right. What year is it? 2020 is the fucking time warp, man. Yeah. Um, I Let's saw it. The time warp again. <laughs> um, I, I saw Ghost of Tsushima played. Um, looks beautiful. Uh, I would definitely like to play it someday. Um, I just, I unfortunately can't speak enough about it to make kind of a educated pick. I, so. I know it was a big thing for a lot of people, but I am the same way. I had that drawback from Sekiro. I'm like, oh, this looks very similar. And you have to control the wind. So I don't know how I feel about having to run 
a Sekiro style game and also control other things at the same time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. So um, it's brutal Wind Waker is what it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all of those things being said, um, what if you had to pick one of these, what would be your game of the year? For out of all of these, uh, it's a it's, it's a tie for remake and Hades. Okay, um, I like seeing the indie games get what they deserve, especially if it's well done. Hades is like the shovel knight of this year. Yeah, I it's that's a very fair well, comparison. It's well written. It looks great, and it plays from what I've what I've played of it. It plays really well, especially for a roguelike game, which they're usually very like very stiff when it comes to actual gameplay yeah uh i would agree with you i probably have hades and remake uh, one two um just because i'm like you i like seeing the smaller guys and not knocking hades because um you know obviously this the team at super giant don't have the resources that you know square enix does that bethesda does that all these big studios have um and yet they kind of proved that if you just have kind of a, a simple formula um and just focus really well on doing that and just making the game play really well really fun to play and just really charming in its story that you can mm -hmm. you know the smaller guys you can make a game that stands even with the biggest guys and yeah. that's what that's what i really like um and it kind of even is embodied in that story where it's zagreus trying to escape from the underworld and i, I don't i just like that a lot i think it's i think I know it probably won't win um, just because indies tend to not get there. Hey, Shovel Knight did it. So, I mean, true, true. Um, but yeah, it would be Hades and then Final Fantasy seven remake for me. That's mm -hmm. that's how it would be. Um, so I know we ran a little bit long. Uh, anything else you'd like to say about the game awards? Um, maybe we can if we talk next week before or after we do an after show and talk about some of the voice actors and stuff just because we ran a little long. So <laughs> mm -hmm. um, nothing really at this point. I mean, we've set our piece for the ones that are given the game of the year candidates. I think there are other games that should have either replaced a couple of these, but I mean, what are you going to do? It's based on a list of your peers more than True. actually <laughs> an actual like running. So, I mean, it is I, what it is. I actually did want to ask you your opinion um, about one of these real quick. Uh, okay. I did want to ask you about, since you have more experience than me and I love your opinion, uh, the best fighting game category. And I'm going to read you off oh. the nominees and you just do a quick pitch as to which one it should be. So, okay, so Samurai Showdown is in there, I'm guessing. Uh, uh, so first one is Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Fun game. Uh, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate. A well-known fighting Street game. Street Fighter V Champion Edition. That should not count. Oh. Uh, <laughs> one that punch. Game has been out. That game has been out for four years now. That should right. Not count. Uh, One Punch Man, a hero nobody knows. No, that should not be on there. And uh, Undernight Inbirth EXE Late CLR. That should not be on there either. That okay. game is like almost seven years old. Those are the, those are the <laughs> only ones. Uh, wasn't there a My Hero Academia fighting game that came out this year? Yes, a sequel to. But the thing is, I wouldn't put that up there either because really? that's more of a collective taste. One Punch Man is that anime that everybody knows. Right. Even if you don't like anime, One Punch Man is the one you know. True. It's a very clunky game. It's not a good fighting game. It should not be on there. My Hero is a good game to pick up and play with friends. That's as far as I'll go with that. Okay. 
it's not a good fighting game. It's just a good game to play with friends and just kind of screw around with. Everyone knows Mortal Kombat 11. It's done wonders with what it can do. The combat is the smoothest Mortal Kombat has ever been. I would agree it belongs up there, but that's because it's probably one of the only major games that are been released this year for fighting games. Mm. Fighting games had a very slow year. <laughs> um, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, I love that fucking game. Like that game is like the new guilty year for me. Like oh, I wow. was waiting for it to come out. And when I played it, they simplified a lot of the special moves, but made the combat a little bit more complex. So you have to figure out both, like tying both in. The supers are all put on one button, just like in the Dragon Ball games. Uh, um, what was it? Dragon Ball Fighters. The supers are all on one button. The combat, however, takes up every other button. So you have to figure out how to mix combos and supers in at the same time. So it's well mapped out. It's amazingly mapped out. That's good. So that that would be your pick then, right? I would say... Or would you insert a different one in? um, If you could change one. If I could change one... uh, Like I said, fighting games were kind of shit this year <laughs> i feel like i just feel like it's a down year across the board honestly because of covid so i mean if we're throwing old games because street fighter does not belong in there it does not belong in there that the is street a, fighter 5's been out for a while <laughs> if street fighter 5 champion edition is allowed to be in there persona 5 royale should be on this list because if you're going to take a game that's already been out and re-release it with like dlc stuff and new characters and that's it right Persona 5 should have been on the best game of year, game of the year candidates. I agree. Hands down. But it wasn't. So they're panning to Capcom's list. <laughs> I agree. So, so are they going to add uh, Monster Hunter Iceborne in on this list now too? Or <laughs> no. like what's going on here? <laughs> no, they're not. Um, but no, I think out of the ones that they gave us for fighting games, Grand Blue, I would throw in there. Hands down. That's now, it's point. online sucks. I will say that. It's online fighting sucks. <laughs> but every fighting game that has come out in the last three years, their online has sucked. So. Is, uh, <laughs> is Grand Blue an Arc Systems work game? Uh, yes, I'm assuming it is. Would agree okay. Yes, it that is. makes sense. <laughs> when you play, it looks if pretty I'm fun. I'm throwing out a fighting um, game that should be All right, before we do that, so I'm just going to wrap things up real quick here. Uh, yep. we, we are, I think the plan is, I would like to try and do one a week. Uh, so if you guys are looking for when these are coming, probably one a week um and like i said we want to do a bunch of different topics we want to talk about um a bunch of different games you know we'll, we'll do like some news and stuff that's happening in the video game world but we want to talk about uh you know some of our favorite games um we i think we want to do kind of maybe like an anime uh like breakdown series we watch a couple episodes and then kind of break it down and talk a little more in depth uh with some of the ideas so we want to do a lot of different things and we'll probably try a lot of different things just to kind of see what everyone likes um mm-hmm. Once a week, I think, is what we planned. Uh, we'll try to do that based on what our busy lives allow. Um, we both work full time. Um, Being essential workers is not fun. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, you, you can't stop giving out meds and I can't stop building stuff. So um, <laughs> essentially how that works. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're going to try and do that uh, as much as our busy schedules allow us. Um, I do know 
uh, I wanted to give uh, you a minute just to tell everybody where they can find you, uh, where they can follow you, if they want to see you stream, what they can do. Uh, so if you have that available, I'd say go ahead and uh, rattle that off. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so if you need to find me anywhere, uh, you can look on Twitter. I am under Red Rival 26 I post anime memes at least once a day. Every day gets a daily anime meme. It's a little bit of happiness and the drudge that we have to go through every day. <laughs> Actually really great. <laughs> um, so uh, you can see me there. Uh, I stream on Twitch always Mondays and Fridays. Mondays and Fridays are my standard days that I will stream. We will see Riptide and I do some Monster Hunter on Woo! one Monday. The next Monday is my fighting game streams. So it's a switch off every other week. And Friday is our community night where we get player or people to jump in and play some group games. Um, other than that, and if, if, you, if you do want to, uh, you can find the Discord on his Twitch page and join in. Yes. Um, yes. I was trying to find a way to add that in there. And I'm like, how would you add a Discord link? <laughs> if you, you know? go to <laughs> HTTPS forward slash forward slash colon Discord dot GG dot TLXY forward slash whatever, <laughs> then you can get there. I don't know Listen, if that's actually a thing. Let's say if that was correct, I would literally I'm, I'm quitting the, this, this right now. I'm quitting the podcast immediately if you're just like supercomputer intelligence let's put down this url <laughs> right so um and then uh i i do not stream i used to um maybe in the future that'll be a thing that happens i don't know uh a lot has happened this year uh so we'll see um if you do want to find me on twitter i believe my twitter is at riptide 104 that's my personal twitter uh if you want to i just made this today if you want to follow the podcast on twitter and get all the updates for things that i'll eventually start doing uh if you go to at pod sidequest uh that is the official twitter uh you can interact with us there uh also one of the uh segments i want to do is eventually like a mailbag so mm -hmm. if you'd like to you could email us questions at sidequestingpodcast at gmail.com and if we get enough interesting ones, we'll do like a mailbag segment. We'll all be like, all right, Tom, rapid fire, 10 minutes. I'm going to pull out random emails. Let's see what they say. Yeah. Also, if you do have, if you are following the Twitter and you do have some ideas on podcasts, like talks, please let us know because we are always looking for different things to talk about, whether it be anything nerdy, gaming, comics, anime, whatever it may be. We we listen to the Scandals. will of the people. Yeah, we listen. We listen to the will of the people. So if we all of a sudden get like eight thousand notifications, it's like, hey, we want you guys to talk about raccoons this week. We'll talk about raccoons. That's totally fine. I mean, we'll talk about Japanese raccoons. We'll true. talk about American raccoons. Uh, uh, we will I'll talk, talk about, about rocket about, raccoon. We'll like, talk about red pandas, which are just miniature <laughs> raccoons that are. Uh, Red. Like we said, this is the side questing <laughs> podcast. So we'll happily go off on tangents if somebody mm -hmm. wants like a raccoon episode. That's that's totally fine. Um, so there's those two things. Uh, and then I believe and then I don't know. And games, I'm just like some variation of Riptide. If you ever want to try and find me and play games, I, but I don't know. 90% we'll of, of the time you'll find them on Monster Hunter. Yeah, pretty, pretty <laughs> much. Uh, yeah, that, that that game has still destroyed my life this year. So uh well, I, that's all I got. Uh, yeah, anything you want to say in closing? Adventure, continue your regular quest. <laughs> yeah, the uh, yeah, please continue your regular quest. Don't get sidetracked. <laughs> the world needs to be saved. So, uh, thanks for everybody for if you do listen. Thank you. Um, 
if you could do us a huge favor, actually, uh, this will, podcast will be found anywhere that you can find podcasts. Um, and if you can, if you have the ability to uh, like, uh, subscribe, I don't know if that's a podcast thing, um, leave a review, leave a rating, uh, whatever you do, if you enjoy this, um, that really help us out. Uh, now I sound like one of those YouTube people just begs. Just like and subscribe and look and mention in the comments, whatever. Um, <laughs> but no, if, if you like it, it would help us other people find us. And like I said, we really want to have smart, intelligent conversations on this podcast as much as we can. So um, um, and smart, maybe intelligent. I wouldn't put it that far, but <laughs> thought provoking. If we've thought provoking, we that's if, an idea. <laughs> if we have caused you to think about something uh, from a different point of view than you've had before. And if you'd like to, too, if you, if you heard something on the pod and you're just like, no, that's stupid. I think that's stupid. Tweet at us and say, no, your opinion's stupid because this, because we love reading about other people's opinions. And we reading, we just, you know, we're not going to be like those dickheads and be like, no, you're wrong block. So. <laughs> and keep we, it we are open. We are open to hearing everybody out. I mean, this is literally a podcast based on opinions. That's all it is. And everyone has their opinion on games. You might love Fortnite. You know where we stand. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, uh, <laughs> Well, there's only one wrong opinion, and it's that Final Fantasy VII is better than Final Fantasy IX. That's just unacceptable. <laughs> I just pissed off everybody right. now. So, all right, I'm done. I'm actually going to cut that out. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, Tom, it was a pleasure as always. And uh, yes, we same. will talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to everybody next time. All right. Later.